Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello. My name is Gary Mansfield, and this is a bonus episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Now, as ever, let's begin by banging these bongos. Yeah, right. Crazy. Hello, and welcome. For today's bonus episode, I'm going to be introducing you to another artist who's showing at the Talented Art Fair. Now, upon the day of release, the Talented Art Fair opens at Brighton Racecourse tomorrow, which is Friday the 1st of July. That is the private view, which runs from 5 till 9pm. It's open again Saturday from 11 till 6pm and Sunday from 11 till 5. And for all the information you need to get those tickets you can go to the Talented Art Fair website, which is talentedartfair.com, or over to their Instagram profile, which is Talented Art Fair. And I understand there will be tickets available on the door. Well, today's guest is wildlife painter and good friend to the podcast, Melody Travers. Melody's a French-born artist that lives in London, and we did speak several times throughout lockdown. Well, I'm not going to give anything away about Melody or her work, because she's about to do that herself. So please, come with me as I spoke to Melody Travers. Are you prepared for this upcoming weekend? Yes and no. <laughs> I think that's always like the response. Like, I like to think I'm organised. And whenever like um, art fair kind of time arrives, I've got like a list of like... Oh yeah, to a do, professional. Like, yeah, exactly. All professional handwritten list, you know. Um, and like stuff like I need to renew my my uh, insurance because uh, that expired like last week or something so I'm like oh yes I need to do that don't I and like most of the artworks I'm taking they're all wrapped up already uh, and tucked away but I am like I do want to do some new ones as well um, that um, I'm going to do this weekend oh yeah. nice how many are you going to do this weekend 
I have no idea <laughs> however many I can fish out in the short And do you have an time. idea of what you're going to make? Yeah, yeah, I've got, I always have like um, a kind of list um, of as and when ideas that crop up in my mind. And, you know, uh, so whenever I'm kind of not sure what I want to do, I just kind of refer to that list again yeah. and just it changes a bit, obviously. But um, yeah, so what I want to do, I've got a couple because I'm in, I'm kind you've caught me at a weird time because I'm kind of transitioning. Um, well, let me ask uh, you the first yeah, question, sorry. shall we? <laughs> yeah, um, sure, I guess. For anyone that doesn't know your work, how would yeah. you describe what you do? Um, okay, so I paint on glass. That's the main thing that I mm. do. Uh, all my work is inspired by wild animals, nature, and I'm transitioning more into doing myths as well, so folklore. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing. I did a whole collection recently uh, inspired by Greek myths, and because I've always been fascinated by folk tales and fairy tales, I actually wrote a dissertation about that um, at uni, uh, fairy tales and art. So it's something that's kind of I've always been doing on and off. So I kind of just want to. Um, regroup all of these um, elements and just carry on with that. I hope that makes sense. How did the painting on glass first come about? That was uh, an experiment. It was just before lockdown 2020. Uh, I, I was in Wimbledon Art Studios. I had a studio there for a couple of years and uh, I inherited these kind of large perspex sheets from a fellow artist who was just kind of getting rid of some stuff from their studio. And I was like, oh, that looks cool. Let me, I might try painting on that. Actually, that's, that should be, could be fun. Um, and I did, and it was just like revolutionary for me. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> the texture, because I know a lot of people love the texture of canvas and, and paper and stuff, which I do. And I do still paint sometimes on paper just for myself, just for fun. Um, but because how I paint, I love doing like long, loose, flying blush work, brush yeah, work. Yeah. So the like just the sensation of the paintbrush sliding across the glass is just like the best. And it works really well with um, how how I create the work because I don't I don't actually do a background. So if you look at my old pieces on canvas, it will literally just be an animal on on just on the white canvas yeah, yeah. like no background at all so it it looks really good on the glass because it's just you've just got the animal or the the element of nature whatever it is I've painted that's just kind of it looks like it's hovering in midair and you yeah, can so see, if, it's, if someone does hang it yeah. on their wall then it is as you say it, it does appear yeah. to be just just hovering yeah exactly so for my little pieces because uh, I do really big ones and small ones the the small ones there's no backing if that makes sense so mm. if you hang it on the wall you can see through it through the wall if that makes sense yeah um so that kind of obviously creates a really cool effect and for my large ones some of them have a backing just purely for um you know to make it more the frame more stable because yeah. I paint on the glass and in some cases I paint on several layers of glass which I then get framed and they're spaced out within the frame yeah, yeah. So it creates like a little 3d effect which I find quite cool and then obviously depending on the lighting when it's on the wall that the, the shadows kind of get projected onto the wall as well which just adds a bit of a like cool cultural, a sculptural effect and 
yeah, so that's how glass happened. So how did you get into art? Did you have art in the home growing up? Yes and no. So I think just like most people, like my parents do have lots of, um, uh, you know, just little landscapes and pictures and stuff hanging mm. on the wall for, for decoration. Um, but I, I started taking drawing lessons at the age of nine and I basically just carried on and just never looked back. So I've kind of, I have more or less, since I was a child, wanted to be an artist pretty much like from, from that moment on. And then I knew even at school, I was like, I knew I wanted to go and study art. I just, like my parents have always supported me, but they were like, are you like, obviously we want you to be happy and we want you, and you're obviously very good. And they're like my biggest fans. Um, <laughs> there is a lot of actually now that over the years, there have been more and more of my paintings hung up on the wall in my parents <laughs> so you can see like my style evolving it's quite fun but they were like yeah you are you sure because <laughs> it's not easy and I was just like yeah because I just don't know what else I would do anyway so yeah. it's that or nothing pretty much and where was home growing up uh, so I'm from France born and bred uh, my parents live they still live in the house I grew up in and just like southeast of Paris just like it's half an hour on the train so, and I studied art in Paris as well. So it's quite, it's like a commuter town. And at what age did you come to the UK? What age? Uh, I moved here in 2009. End oh, of well. 2009. You've done well um, masking your accent. You, you get little bits <laughs> you can of it tell. every now and then. <laughs> Thanks. That's just, um, it's down to my mum, because basically I grew up speaking French and English at home because both my parents are language teachers. So my, they're retired now, so my dad taught German and my mum taught English. So she like spent a lot of time in the UK and perfected her accent. So when me and my siblings were born, they were like, right, we, we are raising them speaking at least English. Yeah. Because um, they just always thought knowing another language is really, use, really useful, which it is. So and I don't know if it's the same grateful. in France, but in the yeah. UK, when people learn to speak English, yeah. they genuinely <clears throat> speak better than the than the English themselves would that be yeah. the same in France do you think um I don't know like they definitely you know try and they I get they I guess they get taught the the correct way if that yeah. makes sense because the way French is taught is and the way it's kind of everyday spoken can be quite different and it's quite regional as well so, language isn't it you know we all uh, a, a Londoner speaks different from yeah. someone in Newcastle don't they you know I don't know I don't feel like there's there are that many accents like regional accents in France and they're on the UK like I'm still working my way around all of <laughs> your accents like I'm like is that person from Yorkshire no yeah. no that's Newcastle it's completely different like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah. I do love different British accents that's really cool but it's but like for example in France like a southern accent is very like very noticeable yeah so, yeah I, I wish I would have learned <laughs> more language at school I can, I can tell anyone that the cat is sitting on the mat I can do that easy <laughs> that's all you need to know other than that <laughs> Well, people love cats, so I feel like you're onto a good start. And as long as they're warm and comfortable, we're all fine with that, sitting yeah. on the mat. Um, so I know that you've told your parents that that's where you was going to go, but was there an actual point when you said, this is what I want to do? Yeah, well, basically, from when I started uni, I was like, yeah, I, I just want to do that. And 
all the time I've been in London, me, you know, picture me trying to figure out how to be an artist. So even when I moved to London, uh, I moved to London, like as soon as I graduated, essentially, because I knew I didn't want to stay in France. And I always wanted to move to the UK because um, it's such a cool country. And um, yeah, so I moved with the idea of doing that. Obviously, had no clue how to become an artist because when you, it's all very nice to have a fancy degree. But they don't actually teach you the business of being an artist. No, that, that's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like they need to sort that out. Um, Sorry to interrupt, but so many artists say Mm. that, and it's beyond me why the institutions don't just do an element of that. Even if it's just one element for one term, just to give people an insight, because the day they walk out of university... You're on your own, that's it. Exactly. You're on your own. Yeah, it's a a shame. Um, Initially, I wanted to be an illustrator, actually and uh, a book illustrator because those are my two passions in life is art and books I love books very much and I kind of was doing a lot of internships and I realized publishing is quite cool and be- and I was interested in rights because um because of my languages and I thought it'd be really cool to go to um to book fairs um again in the meantime weekends and evenings still still painting figuring out what what the heck I'm doing and and then I quit to, after like, I was working for the same company for five years and I was kind of like, I really want to sort of just get into the art world. Uh, so that was 2017. So I started working for a commercial art, art gallery. Uh, so basically a consultant just selling, selling their art. What I found as well about when I first moved to London, obviously I had no idea about what, you know, what the art scene was like. So, um, like obviously you come across all these gatekeepers don't you and there's still that yeah, you know, quote-unquote stigma that art's really hard to get into and but I agree but is you need to it's like you you can figure it out for yourself if you're really smart uh but it ju- it took me years to figure it out to just even kind of meet people and go to galleries and even then you don't you don't know how to they don't teach you how to approach galleries how to talk about your art how to price your art that none of you don't know any of that you just have to figure it out for yourself so yeah you're right I feel like they should do a, a business course essentially because you are a self-employed business person mm. and you do your own accounts and your admin and all the rest of it you can be the best painter in the world if you're you know not very good at organizing your business then you're not gonna make it <laughs> and I've found that, that when I'm selling my work I sell more when it's face to face. That is a good segue into speaking about art fairs because art fairs is a massive room with dozens, scores, even hundreds of artists Mm. standing there with a two or three meters of wall space just selling their wares and and the customers are walking by. When did Mm. you do your first one? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, my first art fair, so it was a uh, new artist fair, which is the same people who do mm. Talented, um, Oliver and Leah, they're amazing. And that was 2017. And it did, it worked really well. And it actually was perfect timing because working for the art gallery actually taught me how to, you get trained in how to talk about art, how to pitch mm. an artwork or an artist, how to just be comfortable talking to people, which I'm a lot better now. But so when I did that first art fair, um, it, it did really well. I, I was really pleased with myself because um, I was just high on that like energy and just, oh, I need to apply everything I've learned at the gallery. I'm doing the exact same thing, except just, you know, I'm selling my own work instead of someone else's. So yeah, I did quite well for first art fair. I was so proud of myself. And, um, and yeah, so I did it again, I think the next year, the year after. And just since then, you know, you kind of get to know all the other art fairs that are yeah. happening. Um, I did, yeah, I've basically been doing two, average two or three art fairs a year since. Nice. Obviously, you know, except COVID, where there were a couple of online ones. And and I was at Wimbledon Art Studios for two years. And I did, obviously, the open studios, which were happening online during COVID. So, yeah, and it's the first time I'm doing exhibiting Brighton, so I'm quite excited about that. It looks a really cool venue, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I'm very excited. Um, Brighton, Brighton's such a cool place as well. It's very arty, isn't it? Mm, very yeah. arty. It's going to be a great weekend. This comes out mm. on Thursday. So tomorrow yes. is going to be the private view. Yes. Um, the private view is a little bit different from the, the rest of the days. It's a, a little bit more condensed, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Um, but for anyone who's coming to the Talented Art Fair at Brighton mm. Racecourse, when they work their way to your stall, do you know the number stall you're on? Yeah, I'm stand number 15. Okay, so when they work their way to your stall, which is number 15, mm. what are they likely to see? Uh, when they arrive at my stall. Mm. Uh, so I'm mostly going to be taking sort of a lot of smaller pieces just because transporting them. Um, so it will be a mix of my mini menagerie, which uh, lots of tiny little animals on glass which will be hanging there saying hello, um, greeting everyone. And I'll have my Mythos collection. Um, and I've now started, as of this year, I started a collection called the Magical Menagerie. There is a theme. <laughs> and so these are a bit more kind of still animals, but a bit more inspired by a bit more magical, a bit more kind of fantasy led, which is the direction I'm wanting to go in it yeah so it's going to be a mix of all of these and then a couple of the larger glass menagerie pieces um, and have you got ones. yeah do you know the price points of, of these pieces so yeah Off they, the top of your head sorry yeah yeah of course yeah uh well my smallest ones start at 60 pounds they're all originals um i don't do prints anymore 
And so they start at 60 pounds. And then the largest ones I'll be taking will be 500. Okay. And yeah. what is the size, the actual dimensions? Oh, the actual, yeah. So my smallest one is 11 by 16 centimeters, mm -hmm. which I think is four and eight inches. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for anyone listening, you're, Mind your hands. you're holding your hands up here. Like a little postcard, an yeah. A5 postcard, I think would be um, mm. the, yeah. So, and they're on glass, ready framed pieces with, and they're hanging by a little chain and they open up basically. So I paint on the inside nice. and close it. So, um, and then it kind of just increases um, by until the largest ones are like, 40 centimeters that I'm taking. Yeah. I've got much bigger ones. So personally. you've shown at the new artist fair. Yeah. Um, and have you shown at a talented art fair before, did you say? Yeah, I have. I've done, I think, new artist fair twice and then talented twice. And this will be my third. Oh, talented. nice. Yeah, yeah. So you're an old hat at it. I know. Yeah, it's so nice. And I hadn't actually done talented since 2008, 19, yeah. I think, uh, pre COVID pre-black hole as I like to think of it and yeah so so it'll be nice kind of just seeing um Oliver and Lee again because they're just so so nice brilliant um, so yeah that'll be fun and different venue as we mentioned so it'll be quite cool and yeah and how about inspirations for your yeah. melody if there was you and five Ooh. other artists Ooh. Well, past actually... and present what would your ideal group show be or okay. No, sorry, let me ask a yeah. question again. If there yeah. was you and five other artists, what would your ideal art fair be? Oh, that's even better. So uh, I was actually doing my homework yesterday because I knew this question was coming <laughs> up. And this is the one where I'm like, okay, what would I answer? So I actually made, uh, I'm such a teacher's fet. I actually made a little list. <laughs> oh, bless. <laughs> Mostly women, I'm afraid. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to be afraid. An artist is an artist. Exactly, very true um so i obviously there's so many artists i like and there's more on the list than than the five but i tend to like artists who do like work in different materials not necessarily canvas and who kind of like push the boundaries a little bit of of your comfort zone and so obviously i know you've interviewed her before but i love sarah maple um i really love her work she's awesome i've never met her in real life but i really want to because she just sounds really cool and I just love how she thinks and what she comes up with and how she kind of executes her work. She's um, funny, she's intelligent, yes. she's daring. <clears throat> yeah, she, she doesn't take no for an answer. Yeah, she's she brilliant. Yeah, she goes for it. And yeah, just really love her work. Um, Chloe McCarrick as well, which I think oh, yeah, is yeah. an alumni of yours as well. Yes. And yeah, again, I just, just love her, her work. And again, the inspiration behind her works and, and just how she creates it like it's just all blue and it's just beautiful and um there's an artist called Bisa Butler as well which I really no, love I she's an African-American artist and she works in textiles she creates basically life-size quilts of um based from mostly like everyday people but also some famous uh, black people essentially and also working from like vintage photography for example, she did like this amazing um, portrait of Chadwick Boseman and which it is like life size and she does all the details, but like in these really bright, colorful fabrics. Okay. 
and she's just amazing and just is just so colorful and I, I really like textile artists because I quite like sewing as well in my spare time uh, just because I, I love making things so any her artist who works with you know fiber and textile is just so cool in my opinion Brilliant. Um, I just love that you take that very kind of homely very um, historically very female activity of sewing and weaving and all that and you're just making something amazing yeah out, I agree um out of it and just really owning that so yeah Lisa Butler's top of my list um Jenny Savile as well I just I know a lot of people find her work a bit disturbing and a bit uncomfortable but that's just what I like about her work I just I just love how you know visceral and raw her work is mm. and also very beautiful like her her sort of drawings of like mother and child and all that yeah. they're just really beautiful and really honest and just she's just so skilled at painting bodies and definitely strikes conversation oh yeah absolutely um georgia o'keefe who, who doesn't like georgia o'keefe of course um i'm going to throw in as well um some of the renaissance artists as well um you know michelangelo Raphael, da vinci because they're just awesome and also vermeer is also one of my favorites just throwing some awesome people in there as well yep. So yeah, I think I think I've named like way more, but yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Why not? A couple more can sneak in all the time. Yeah. What would you like to be if you wasn't an artist? Oh, okay. Okay, that's one that changes as well, I think. I forgot about that one. Um oh god. At the moment I've kind of um gotten into sewing a bit more. So I actually got um my family got me an early birthday present of a sewing machine. Nice. Uh, I call her Janine. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Janine the machine. And <laughs> I've actually made some little, because um, my brother and sister have had, like, um, I've got small children. My sister literally just had her, her daughter, like, literally a week ago. And every new baby in the family, I kind of got into this tradition of making them a quilt, a patchwork quilt. Nice. So before it was by hand, I mean, I've got Janine to help. So, um, so I guess a seamstress of some kind, or I'd love to do some sort of course to like learn how to make clothes properly because I don't know how to do that yet. Um, so yeah, something to do with sewing. Yeah, I'm going to go for that. Yeah. Um, Melody, where can anybody find you, be it website or social media? Yeah, sure. So my website is www.melodytravers.net is my website. And most of my social handles um, is at Melody Travers Art. Good. If you type my name in Google, I should be one of the only ones, who, the, one of the first ones who comes up. I'll be at Brighton Racetrack this weekend. Yes. Um, with Talented Art Fair, Amazing. promoting this podcast. So I'll be walking around doing Instagram lives with Ooh, them. Lovely. Okay. Um, so I look forward to seeing you there, Melody. Thank you very much yeah, for your time. Yeah, you too. Thank and you. And all the very best at Talented Art Fair. You too. Good luck. And thanks so much for your time. This has been amazing. See you later. ta -da. Thanks. Bye. Well, there you have it, Melody Travers. And as we just mentioned there, Melody is showing at the Talented Art Fair at Brighton Racecourse. Its private view is on Friday the 1st of July between 5 and 9 p.m. It's a ticketed event. But you can get your tickets at talentedartfair.com or on their Instagram profile, Talented Art Fair. It's also open on Saturday the 2nd between 11 and 6pm and Sunday the 3rd between 11 and 5. They're both also ticketed. 
but I understand some tickets are available on the door. We will also be there promoting the podcast, so if you're there, come over and say hi. And can it get much better than a whole weekend of art and culture in a beautiful racecourse in an amazing city of Brighton and Hove? I don't think so. Hopefully I'll see you there. Ta-da. If you've got an exhibition or any other creative project within the arts, or even just want to promote your own artwork, you could do that in podcast form similar to the one you've just listened to. They start at a convenient price point that is comfortable for any artist working on a budget. This podcast itself is created by working artists and we know how important that is. So to find out more information, you can email us on ministryofartsorg at gmail.com or on Instagram at ministryofartsorg. Ta-da! softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.